On the line here, 31-28, Georgia. Dobbs out of the shotgun, back to throw. Dobbs drops back, looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught oh, by Tennessee. Tennessee wins! Caught it by Tennessee, Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. What a turn of events. Georgia throws a bomb. Tennessee comes back and throws the Hail Mary as the pass from Josh Dobbs in the end zone for a score on the last play of the game. Jawan Jennings with the touchdown, and Tennessee wins. Another play fake by Burrow, and a deep strike, and an open receiver. Jamar Chase, another touchdown. Jamar Chase is just running a deep post, and the safety on his side, Richardson, was peeking on the crossing route and got run by. If you're the deep safety, you have to be the deepest defender, and that time the young freshman made a calculated mistake, and Jamar Chase ran right by him. And again, Joe Burrow does not miss guys. He does not miss open receivers, and if you make a mistake, he's going to find it. Hey, everybody. This is another episode of the Mouths of the South podcast. I am here with Corbin. Corbin, man, uh, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Slightly, well, not slightly, very disappointed in the outcome of that LSU game. But Yeah, I, I mean, we've, we've just been disappointed a lot this year, I feel like. LSU is now four and six, um, basically – have to win went out i guess to uh to make it to a bowl game um which honestly i don't think they're really worthy of a bowl game right now um so raw reaction 16 13 final score arkansas beats lsu for the golden boot uh we'll talk about that rivalry how much the boot means um to you personally um i don't know it, it just at, growing up it doesn't mean a lot to me personally but um, so yeah, um, 16, 13 was the final score. Max Johnson had the first two series of the game and, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer came in and took the reins, started off really well, uh, led the Tigers down to make it three, three, and then threw a 29 yard bomb to Jack Besh in the end zone, make it 10, three. Um, so what were your thoughts on this game? Uh, first of all, Durante Jones is, I'm going to argue, top top two defense coordinator at SEC right now. He, these last few weeks, I mean, against Bama, supposed to be only team that could compete with Georgia, dialed it up, made Bryce, Bryce Young look like a true freshman, made him look terrible. Against Arkansas, KJ Jefferson, you know, early in the year, Heisman frontrunner. They made Arkansas look terrible. Durante Jones is doing this, missing eight starters. Uh, who are those starters? Go ahead and name them all. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead and name them all. Derek Stingley, Eri Riggs, uh, Sage Ryan, Ali Gay. Uh, it's just, it's just the list goes on and on of All Americans, first team, All SEC. 
it's just you're looking at three first-round draft picks missing starting on the defensive side of the ball, and he's dialing up some of the best defense we've seen this year other than Georgia. I really like him. I'm glad he's there. Jake Peets, it's just it's terrible. I want to know how I want to know how like is it a law that offensive coordinators have to sit there in an interview and say the goal on fade it's not worked for anyone in the history but it'll work for me. Yeah, that's a NFL um, type play basically. I yeah. mean, you can do it in the NFL because you got it doesn't work half the time. Yeah, I mean, in the NFL, like you said, it doesn't work half the time. But you have to have a like a receiver like DeAndre Hopkins to yeah. run up there well, and just snag it. My problem with the play call is one, it's the worst play call in football. Two, you have I don't care that he missed one tonight. Flukes happen. Cade York is the best kicker in the country. Why even risk taking points off the board? And then on fourth and one, actually. Let's go. This this game shouldn't even went to overtime to begin with because that fourth and one call. How do you not have a play for that? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they've been really well on fourth downs this season. <clears throat> they had three, what three for four against Alabama. They yep. came into uh, two tonight. They had what one for two, yep. two for three, or something like that. I mean, three. they've been really. Yeah, they've been really well on fourth down. It was um, fourth and less than a yard. Ty Davis Price has looked immortal up to this point. He, yeah, just running over people. Just has been a man possessed since the Florida game. Since everyone gave LSU criticism, everyone was giving Ty Davis Price criticism, saying like he can't run the football, as if they were giving him a chance to. Like it, they just, it was just not in apparently Pete's playbook to run the football. I never thought I'd yeah. say this. I want LSU to run the football a lot. Exactly. But, and, and going back to TDP, you know, 20 carry, 28 carries for 108 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, last week against Bama, he had over 20 carries, I believe, maybe maybe even less, um, and 104 yards. Uh, so just his development since that Florida game, I, really he's been stepping up big time for the offense. You know, and I just – I wish that he found the end zone once and – but it doesn't—it doesn't make sense to me. You're—it's fourth and less than a yard. Ty Davis Price is—you're at the fifty-yard line. If they stop you, you have to hold them two plays, which your defense has been playing lots out all night. Why? Why not? Exactly. Because I guess Cade York has a golden light. like he can—he's good from sixty. That LSU gets that first down. All they need is three more yards. And they're in range for Cade York to potentially win the game, so I just it blows my mind that they decided to kick a that they just didn't decide to go for it. But yeah, it's just I don't offensive play calling this year has just it's just been mind blowing. Yeah, it's it's been a struggle all year being a big you know being two big LSU fans coming off the national championship last year above or right at five hundred. And then this year, what four and six, um, losing some guy. I mean, you look at those losses. You know, it's it's should have beat Auburn, should have beat Alabama. Yeah, it, it's tough to say. You know, since they did, I mean, honestly, should have beat Ole Miss. Um, just let that let that game get away. A lot of third down 
third and nineteens that were converted for first downs, and mm-hmm. you know, and like you said, that defense has been lots out all you know from basically that Auburn game. You know, they showed up against Florida, had Florida interceptions. Dwight McLaughlin had one for a touchdown. You know, and I don't, I, I don't know. And Damone Clark, Damone Clark is he of course last year didn't have you know learn playing a new position this year back home where he needs to be he had over 10 tackles tonight he's the best linebacker in the sec he is definitely the best linebacker in the in in, i don't know i about said tennessee i'm thinking about the tennessee georgia game we'll talk to we'll talk about that later but he is probably probably the best linebacker in all of college football in my opinion um but Damone Clark has really shown up this year. Um, you know, if, if he didn't get that interception against Florida, Florida would have probably went down the field and scored, made it 49-49, went into overtime, and who knows? From, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But he really saved LSU there. Um, but Garrett Nussmeyer, um, 18 for 31, 179 yards, a touchdown, two Jack Besh and two interceptions. Um what this was his his game you know we've seen him a few times you know he he came in against Ole Miss had some really great plays um what do you think of uh, Garrett Nussmeyer's performance tonight um I mean I think he played great yeah he had two interceptions but that last one uh we talked about this earlier but I'm not going to fault Garrett Nussmeyer for a 15-yard goal on fade play call that's just a terrible play call and it's just it's it has to be such a perfect throw from such a far distance away when you have I mean he has pressure in his face has to make a perfect throw off his back foot yeah in hindsight I guess you say throw it away but why is that your play call exactly but I mean, I, I like the way he throws a football. He moves. A, he has great pocket awareness. Something Max Johnson doesn't. Uh, he throws a foot. He has an infinitely better arm than Max Johnson. And I just, I don't. Know, I'm all in on Garrett. I think he's. I think he's a real deal. Might not have been the best game, but I'm all in on him. Yeah. Whenever that first, uh, first snap that he took, threw a deep bomb to Malik Neighbors. Would have had it at the one if it wasn't knocked away. Um, that. That play alone, I was like, okay, this is the guy that needs to be in with the right offensive coordinator, with the right play calling. You know, I, we were – at the beginning of the season, we were talking about Jake Peets, you know, it, it, Joe Brady, Prophet, you know, if, whatever you want to call it. You know, he's going to put us back to where we need to be. But, I mean, here lately it's just been just – Kind of horrible play calling. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, that's that's I me. Mean, that's all it is is horrible play calling. And back on the Garrett throw, like in overtime, you know, takes it. Everyone said he took a bad sack, but I mean, offensive line completely busted. Our offensive line has been hit or miss all year long. At times, they look like the best offensive line in the country. Other times, they don't look like they could block a middle school team. They completely bust three people in the backfield. He can't throw it away. He takes a sack. Comes down, throws a 23-yard dart to Malik Neighbors down the middle of the field. Max Johnson couldn't make that throw if he was in there. He could yeah. not. He could not get the ball there in time. Yeah, going back to Max. Um, so Max came in 
first two offensive series, uh, which led to punts. Um, twenty-one, I think, either twenty-one or twenty-seven yards passing, two for or three for seven. Um, do you miss Max being no. that guy? No, not at all. I I genuinely think Max receivers made him look as good as he was, because if I mean, I think anyone in the country could throw to Keyshawn Boutte. I think I, me and you could go out there and throw to Keyshawn Boutte and look like all-stars. Yeah, you just throw way, it up and he goes and gets it. Also, by, by the way, way, another starter missing. Yeah. Uh, and Boutte is still SEC in touchdowns, and he's played since Kentucky. He's had 400 yards uh, passing or receiving. Man. If Kayshawn was in this game, if Kayshawn was in this game, if he was in the game last week, I think LSU would have won. I think LSU. Here's the thing: is like, I know everyone's like, "Well, injuries happen, blah blah blah." If you take at random three random starters at LSU's that LSU has had be hurt, LSU has won four games that they've lost. LSU. Yep. Whether that be Ali Gay, uh, Bijo Janari, uh, Keishon Boutte, Jay Ward, Sadron, Derek Singley, literally any of those, you could pick any of them. And I think LSU wins all four of those one score games. It's just, it's just, it's injury bug plus terrible offensive play calling, which makes what the defense has done this year crazy. Like, our best corners right now, Dwight McLaughlin and Jay Ward. Jay Ward's played out of his mind. I've yeah, Jay Ward, hands down I, impressed. I've I've been big on Jay Ward since he's been at LSU, but he is doing above and beyond anything I, anyone could have imagined. Same thing with Dwight McLaughlin. Everyone was hating on him when he first got there. He shouldn't be there, blah, blah, blah. He stepped up. He's one of their best lockdown corners. The defense – Honestly, looks broad. Defensive line, nasty. Best defensive yes. line in the country. Still missing three starters. Yeah, Neil, Neil Farrell. Neil Farrell uh, is nasty. Glenn Logan, Glenn Logan dude. Uh, Jay, Jay Roy. Um, you know, and then, you know, you got Ollie Gay out, Andre Anthony. Those got this LSU Macy, team yeah. going into that Auburn game was leading the country, I believe, in sacks with – I believe seven or maybe yep. 10 at that, at that point. Um, and now, you know, you lose Andre Anthony for the season. You lose Ollie Gay. You got BJ Ojolari in there. You know, BJ's stepped up, been that guy. And then you got Mason Smith. Uh, Mason Smith, I believe, missed last week and this week. Yep. Um, a true freshman, you know, he's been doing, doing some work on that defensive line. And, man, that defense, if there's any way that we could get Neil Farrell back next year, if we could get Andre Anthony back next year, that defense would be nasty. I mean, you're Eli Riggs. Yeah. In addition, keeping Derek Stingley, which I, honestly I don't think Derek Stingley stays. No. I think he goes to the draft. No, he's I mean, he's going to be a top five pick. I'm fine with yeah. him leaving. But you're you're a big offensive guy. Why does Jare Jenkins not get the football more? 
I feel like any time this man touches it, he just goes crazy. It's just they don't call plays for him. I will never understand it. The I man, think it's why – I mean, why – they're, they're looking for Jack Fish. Everybody on that field knows since Kayshawn's out, they're going to look for Jack Fish because Jack Fish is one of the best wide receivers, tight ends, whatever you want to call him, in the country as a freshman right now. Um, he can make plays that are, you know, he can the, – the two the second and shorts can turn into a 15-yard gain, 12-yard gain, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still wondering why Jeray – you know, Jeray's had – a decent year. Um, why he's not getting the football? Why well, they're like, not? It doesn't make sense. It's like Jeray Jenkins, Malik Neighbors, uh, Trey Palmer. It's just they're not getting targeted. It's I can't understand it. It's like it's either Jack Besh or dump off to TDP. Like that's our own. That's our play yeah. call. Which don't get me wrong, I like TDP, but he's not a he's, he's a, a north he's a north to south runner. That's he's yep. he runs downhill. That's and I mean. TDP, they're, they're trying to make him like Clyde. Because Clyde, Clyde would go out there, um, empty backfield for Burrow, and Clyde would easily go in the middle of the field and get you six yards. They're trying to make him like Clyde, in my opinion. But, but he, mean, we have players on the team that are built like Clyde that can do what Clyde could do. But Ty Davis Price is a north to south runner like it's just what he is like if you want to bring if you want to go run empty bring in uh, Corey Kenner you know yeah or Amari Good like what or Monty yeah. Goodwin like why are we trying to make Ty Davis Price fit a system that's not even close to what he can do instead I, of I just I agree with you I agree with you it's just it I don't know I, I feel bad for Armani Goodwin man he's a stud He's a stud, but three plays get shoved back, back like two yards, get shoved back like three yards. I mean, it, it's it's well, because it, because they're calling like these ball. power these power O's because yeah, but they like when he's in there, they call these like power right, power left. When he's not a power runner, he's a quick pitch, get it outside. Let him get one on one with a linebacker or safety. Like, that's yeah. what I don't understand is like when Ty Davis Price is in, they continue to call these like these halfback screens, these like short out routes for him, like send him out, let him run a, a little hitch. Like, why, why are we, we have, it's like we can't figure out that we have the wrong personnel in, which yeah. is an issue that we hadn't had in such a long time since the Cam Camerons of the world. But it's like, why should, yeah, exactly. Like 2019, it's like you'd see like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh, Terrence Marshall, like motion into the backfield for a handoff just to get a playmaker out in space. Trey Palmer's arguably top, fastest guy in the SEC, and we just refuse to try to get him the football in space. It just blows my mind. Well, yeah, going back to Trey Palmer uh, against Alabama, I think he was wide open two times. Could have had a touchdown on one. Um, and then the next one, of course, he got her all the way inside the 10. I, I believe that actually set up a uh, touchdown a few plays later. But, yeah. you know, Trey, he's been one of those guys that deserves some uh, some balls been thrown his way, you know. Yeah. Well, it seems like any any 
when Trey Palmer's out there, you just put one guy on there, and it's like, okay, he's either running a go or he's running a deep post. Those are the only two routes that they have him run. They just have they just try to have him outrun someone that's 15 yards off the football, and it's like they they can't figure out how that doesn't work. It's it's yeah. mind blowing. And speaking of Trey Palmer, I mean Trey actually led the uh, led the Tigers tonight. Six reception or well, he had six receptions. 45 yards, average of 7.5. His longest was an 11-yard run. Um, You know, other than Jack Besh, you take Jack Besh out. Um, (laughs) Jeray Jenkins, one reception, 10 yards. It's Dude, it's unbelievable. This man last year was one of the best offensive weapons we had, averaging 19 yards a catch, and they just refused to throw him the football. It is the most irritating thing to watch. It's Here's an here's another one that might piss you off. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr. One reception, six yards. Yes, it's our our best one on one guy, and we just it's like there. It, it I just I get everyone's like, well, calling plays aren't isn't that easy. But if you look at it from a schematical and fundamental standpoint, LSU is so far behind. It's like we can't figure it out on third and one. I get like LSU is up tempo, want to always run. Why not line up under center, put in, move Besh to fullback since he's your quote unquote blocking tight end? Put, and then you bring in your extra offensive lineman, Doomerville, and just run either power left or power right with Ty Davis Price. Like, I can't understand why on third and one we continue to do this hurry-up shotgun, try to just five people block seven people and watch Ty Davis Price get hit five yards in the backfield and have to fight back to the line of scrimmage. And people yeah. are like, oh, he's not that good. It's it's terrible play it's, calling. Yeah. Schematically, it's just terrible. I'll never understand why you go shotgun on third and one if you plan on running it up the middle. You throw the like it's first down wait it's lsu's play calls are so predictable it's first down run second down pass and then you're looking at you know third and seven most of the time and it's like okay well they're going to throw it so we're going to play soft zone and bring we're going to play you know we're going to basically set our defense at the first down first down marker bring six and good luck yeah Going back to third down efficiency, uh, LSU six for 18, uh, Arkansas three for 16. Um, on fourth down, LSU two, uh, two for three, Arkansas one for two. Um, LSU actually dominated uh, in total yards. Well, not really dominated. I, I wouldn't say that. But they led with 308 total yards, 281 uh, to Arkansas, uh, passing 200 for LSU, and that's both quarterbacks. Um, rushing, though, Arkansas had the edge on LSU, 139 to 108. Um, LSU ran the ball two more times with 42. Um, just, I mean, this game screamed LSU from the start. I mean, the, with, the way, with the way the defense was playing, I think after the first drive, um, whenever Avery Atkins punted it off, uh, Arkansas got it to the uh, to the 48 yard line had a couple good plays 18 yard uh, pass to set up the, the field goal um, you know and then Max Johnson comes in have to punt again 
then Nussmeier comes in and starts throwing darts. Um, there for a while there, um, Nussmeier was just handing the ball off to either Kiner uh, or TDP. Got it inside of the uh, Arkansas like 30-yard line at that time and had to settle for a field goal, make it 3-3. Um, yeah, going back, horrible play call. Um, it's it. Well, it's like the throws that LSU give their quarterbacks, they're not easy throws by any stretch of the imagination. There's no easy route concepts. Like, people aren't getting open quick. So it's like, oh, hey, congrats. here's your first play. You have to throw it through this tight window 15 yards downfield. Like, later on in the game, yeah, fine. But you have to ease it. Like, you have to give them good throws, get confidence up. You can't just come out there, run running on first, second down, and then, all right, you have third and third and eight, third and seven. Here's your first pass play when they're selling out. It's just it, – it spells – it's a recipe for disaster. It's just something that's been – it's been like this all year. Yeah. And, I mean, next game, uh, you know, I think we host uh, Louisiana Monroe and then Texas A&M. That Texas A&M game, after Ole Miss beat them tonight, uh, looks a whole lot better on our schedule. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just like LSU is has this injury plague that is just it's killed them. I mean that's all there is to it. It's killed them this year. And that goes but, back. That goes back to recruiting, too, as well. But, I, in my opinion, that goes back to recruiting uh, on Coach O. That goes back to Coach O. You know, you have these five star. Uh, five-star players that you signed in 2018-2019, and none of them are playing, playing at all. No. It's, and, I have an issue with LSU doing this because it's more of like they reward you for, quote-unquote, sticking it out rather than putting in the best player. Like, there is zero reason in this world Baskerville should only have been starting because six people get hurt when he is without a doubt one of our best players, it is mind blowing to watch. Yeah. And, and Baskerville has really stepped up in the past, uh, actually the past year, um, had to sit behind Patrick queen, Jacob Phillips, uh, Devin Demone. white. Yeah. yeah and I mean, Damone and Marcel. I mean, man, if Marcel was still there, it's that, defense, yeah. that I, I mean, it would just be the next man up. That just yeah. basically what Alabama does. You know, yeah. somebody goes down. You got another four star. You got another three star that can that can step up, and boom, same same results every time. Uh, it just falls back on on recruiting, honestly. I mean, is it just, me or does this look like it's one of the weakest offensive lines you've seen? It it is. It's like they're they're getting pushed off the ball. It's just like they're not physically able to run and, the foot. Like it, it just. I mean, we saw that last season. You know, when Miles Brennan, we'll talk about Miles Brennan too. Um, when Miles Brennan had to basically, I mean, he led the, I mean, he was top 10 in three games last season. He had 11 touchdowns, what, three interceptions. Yep. Uh, on pace to beat, to either beat Burroughs records or at least get. Well, he was on pace to break every yeah. record. Yeah, he was on pace to break every record. And then he gets hurt against Mizzou. Sits out the rest of the season. TJ Finley comes in. Max Johnson comes in. And then, for sure, he was going to be the starter. We would have loved to see Max get a couple, you know, little snaps early in the season because we were high on Max at the beginning of the season with what he did last year uh, against Florida and Ole Miss. And and now we're just like, is he that guy that 
we want. And I mean, you can go on Twitter, you can go on Facebook and people are, are saying, no, this is not the guy that we want. We want mm-hmm. us. And then now I've seen people, man, Nuss isn't the one we want. We want Walker Howard. And I'm like, man, I want what? Nuss. I think Nuss is the real deal. People that are like jumping off this train, like wanting Walker Howard, like I get he's supposed to be really, really good. But the issue that it's like, you can't judge a quarterback based off just t- the worst play calling in college football. It's a joke. It, yeah. It, we'll it, get to the unironically yeah, it right it rivals Dan Mullen. Like I don't understand what they are doing over at Florida because they were I supposed to be crazy good. Dan Mullen's always hopped up to be like this great coach. And it's like if you look at Florida, they have great athletes, great players. It's just their defensive coordinator is abysmal at his job. Yeah, they actually fired him last week. I think yeah, so. yeah, he's almost he's almost as bad as Bo Pelini. Almost. Damn, man, that is yeah, that's kind of complimentary. I, I mean that with everything in my heart. Bo, I hope you're having a great time at house and hope you never coach another football game again. Yeah, thank you. Yours, yours yeah. truly. Yeah, yours truly, Corbin in Dallas. Um, we'll take a break after we talk about Miles Brennan. Of course, Miles Brennan news came out. He's going to be transferring. Um, man, that's, that's tough. Uh, we've watched this kid come in 2017. Um, was being groomed to be, to be the next big thing at LSU. Um, took over a few snaps um, from Etling. Um, and then, of course, Burrow comes in 2018, beats, beats him out for the job. He sat behind Burrow for two years. And then he finally gets his chance, and then COVID, and then the injury. Um, and then, of course, this year, gets injured again, ruins his arm. Not a throwing arm, but uh, man, it's just the the injury bug. Uh, pardon, pardon me, guys. I've been driving uh, for the past forty five minutes. It feels like so. That's the reason why you probably hear traffic in the background. But Miles Brennan, man, where do you think he goes, and how big of a loss is this um, to LSU? It's a very big loss. I mean, I've been a Miles Brennan advocate forever. Love him wish you'd stay but i understand it it's uh i would like there's a place i want him to go i don't know if it happens i'd love to see it i'd love to see him go to baylor with dave aranda yeah but then part of me wants to say you know what i want to see dave aranda come back to lsu as a head coach like there's certain there's there's three people that i have in mind that i want to be the next head coach at lsu yeah, well, hey, what, what, we'll whoa, talk. Whoa, yeah, I'm yeah, not. I'm we'll not going to say anything. That. We'll talk about that. Yeah, but yeah. of those, of those three, like possible candidates, like I, if we did, didn't get Dave Aranda, I don't think we will. I think he's like very low on the list. Yeah, because he's doing great things at Baylor. But I'd love to see Miles go there just because I like that. But realistically, I seem to go. I seem going to like a North Carolina. Like yeah. taking the route that uh, Mitch Trubisky took, you know, transferred to North Carolina, play under uh, pro system with Mac Brown, and then possibly get drafted top five. Yeah, that's all. That's all Mac Brown does. Apparently, is just breed NFL quarterbacks. I mean, dude, Mitch Trubisky, is, Sam Howell. Yeah, could have been if, Joe Burrow. Uh, what? Well, yeah, should have been. What if? He does. He does it dirty to us and goes to Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State or Ole Miss. He wants to stay closer to home. Um, I don't blame him one bit because it's I. I can't blame him. 
I, I don't blame I'm, you. I I'm not going to fault him. I'm still going to pull for him. I like him. I've yeah. he, he's always been the take injuries out of the equation. You give me a list of Miles Brennan, Max Johnson, TJ Finley, Garrett Nussmeyer. Like who would I want LSU to stick with going forward? A hundred times, hundred times out of a hundred, it was Miles Brennan. I was even calling for Miles Brennan before the twenty when in twenty eighteen when it, uh, LSU was getting blown out and shut out by Alabama. Alabama. Uh, so why not why not give someone that you plan on giving the reins to at least meaningful snaps against a actually like not a backup defense, but I'm I'll yeah. miss Miles. I hope the best for Miles. Hope he does great. Hope he wins the Heisman next year. Hey, we did get to meet him though. We did get we to did. meet him. I did get so, to meet him. Nicest guy yeah, that we met. Yeah, nicest guy. Super cool. Super tall. Uh, Miles, man, I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but you got two big fans up here in Tennessee. Um, we'll miss you in purple and gold. Hopefully, uh, and you can come back and beat LSU. That'd be really nice. <laughs> be yeah, really I'd nice be okay. I, you know, if anyone I was would. to beat LSU, I'd want it to be Miles Brennan. Oh, yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back and we'll talk a little bit about some other uh, college football scores and then. Corbin's probably dying to tell everybody who he thinks is going to be the next coach uh, at LSU next season, uh, even possibly a new offensive coordinator. But uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more here on the Mounds of the South podcast. Welcome back here to Mounds of the South podcast. Uh, we got a final from uh, just live, actually. We got a final. Kansas. Kansas. chalk. Yeah, Rock Chalk, baby, beats Texas. And Texas, I swear to God, they're back. Uh, 57 to 56 in overtime. Um, Top 10 team at the start of the year has lost five straight. Wow, that's uh, that's, that's pretty funny. I was going to say congrats, Les Miles, but, well, all that stuff went down so but uh yeah kansas beats texas um let's go through the top 10 we'll start off with georgia and tennessee georgia 41 tennessee 17 man i don't know if you watched this game watched uh, every on, play of it, it on cbs uh the worst yeah, sadly it took six yes. hours but i watched every play thank god yeah. thank god i had gary danielson talking me through it yeah, God forbid. Uh, can't wait for that CBS contract to expire. Fingers but, crossed. Uh, but Georgia, um, Georgia's defense. On. I yeah. actually Georgia's defense might have been exposed a little by Hendon Hooker and that Vol offense. I get the score looked awful, but yeah, the uh, first quarter Tennessee looked like a top five team in the country. Tennessee. This this was supposed to be the like this is. Arguably one of the best defenses we've seen in college football for maybe the last 20, 30 years. And it's, they looked very, very average with that quick passing attack that Tennessee had. Yeah, Tennessee led seven to uh, seven to zero uh, before George came down uh, and tied it up seven to seven. Uh, Tennessee scored 10 to seven at the end of the first quarter, and then uh, Georgia came back. Made it 10 10. Stinson Bennett made it 17 10. And then Georgia, yeah, Georgia blew up from there. But man, going back to Hendon Hooker, 24 37, 244 yards, a touchdown interception. 
on it, man. You if he stays, in, if he stays another year, I know I'm I'm the biggest Tennessee hater. Mark it yeah. down, badmouth him. If Hendon Hooker stays, Hendon Hooker, there's a great chance he wins Heisman next year. He is legitimately the real deal. Josh Heupel is one of the best offensive-minded coaches I've seen. That Tennessee defense looked very good. They just got gassed, and it was – I mean, that, that's all it was is they ran out of gas. I mean, Georgia's defense has started getting three and outs. Like, and then you Tennessee is the worst team in the country for time of possession, and against a very physical Georgia team, that's the last thing you want is them having the football a lot. Yeah. I'm, ty- I'm tired of the Stinson-Bennett slander. He's a good quarterback. I'm tired of hearing what he can't do. What can Stinson Bennett do? Stinson Bennett can win. He only wins. Everyone's like, oh, he can't make these throws. He's not this. He's just a game manager. Stinson Bennett is a winner, and that's all you need. Yeah, I mean, man, Georgia's defense has been tough. And and going back to Hendon Hooker, man, like you said, if he stays – there's a chance yeah all those teams and we play tennessee next year and i'm kind of scared honestly like it's because if hendon hooker stays another year that offense it's rolling i think tennessee struck gold in a in a way they found a little bit of gold in josh heupel um i mean 244 yards passing and i want to go ahead and tell you their receiver uh, 10 receptions, 200 of those yards, Cedric Tillman, and I believe, uh, what, one touchdown? Yeah, 200 yep. yards receiving. And that it just blows my mind. Um, they have a nice little back. I mean, Tennessee, man, they've, they've got it figured out. It's just, to me, they need to put all the pieces in the puzzle. I mean, should have beat Ole Miss. Should have beat, Ole, beat Miss. Ole Miss. Should have argue- beat Florida. Could, could they, argue could, they could beat Alabama. I think honestly, ten- Tennessee. Ex- they expose I'm gonna, Alabama. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna brag on Tennessee. You know that I not one bit care about Tennessee a lot. I mean, a little bit just because I want. You know, Adams a big Tennessee fan. I, I love to see Tennessee succeed. Same way with Kentucky. You know, Dylan's a big Kentucky fan. I want to see them succeed. All the homies are happy, but. Tennessee, man, they have a knack for exposing the big number one, the number two teams in the country. Last year, you know, when they played Alabama, they exposed Alabama. LSU walks into Tuscaloosa, almost walks away with a win. Tennessee exposes Georgia. I can even argue that they exposed Florida. Because Florida, they were, what, top 15 team, top 10 at that time? And look where Florida is now. I mean, Giving they up have, 52 points to Stanford. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, my God. That's a basketball score. Anyway, but Tennessee, man, I don't know what's going on at Knoxville right now. But if you are a – look, if you're just trying to get into college football – Tennessee is that program that you want to keep your eyes on because they, Josh Heupel, man, I don't. They got something cooking. They got something cooking down there. They have something cooking, and it's just, and, man, you know, I see them next year, you know, possibly competing for the SEC East once Georgia, um, you know, once Georgia loses all those guys and, you know, they'll probably reload. 
Um, the dangerous thing about Hendon Hooker is if he does come back, he'll be a six-year senior. It's not. It's not like there's this. It's not like there's a young kid out there. This guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, this guy definitely. He'll he'll be he's seasoned. He's he's very experienced. It's not going to be the moments too big. It's just it's going to be like a grown man playing against kids out there. I I'm not a TV fan, but I'm very excited to watch him next year. Yeah, if I, assuming assuming he stays. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and here's his stats from Kentucky. 15 for 20, 360, uh, 316 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Against Alabama, of course, 52-24, 19 for 28, 282 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, that old Miss game, man, if he didn't get hurt, Tennessee would have won that one. Um, South Carolina, I think, was really the the game where we – weren't necessarily fans of college football were not necessarily looking at Tennessee, but when they put up the, the, those numbers that they did against South Carolina, we're like, okay, all right, they got something cooking over there. If they would have got it done against Ole Miss, um, that, yeah, beating Lane Kiffin, all the circumstances that were going on in Neyland, um, I just, I, I don't know. And Ole Miss, not taking anything from Ole Miss, Ole Miss is playing some really, really good freaking football right now. Um, we'll talk about Ole Miss. Uh, they, uh, I believe they beat Texas A&M as well. I mean, you guys, are they're, they're just playing some good football. But Tennessee, man, Tennessee fans, there's some the of you that – future's bright. Yeah, your future's bright. There's some of you that – It's still not quite 98 yet, but – yeah. You got to slander the quarterback so much. You know, Milton kind of deserves it, but Hooker, man, if he says it next year. I don't want to hear any any Tennessee fan badmouth Hendon Hooker. I, yeah. You know this better than anyone. I was the biggest Jared Garantano supporter there was. Yeah. He was yeah. a good quarterback. It was just a terrible system he was in. Everyone was like, no, he's terrible. No, he's terrible. Now that – I'm telling Garantano was a good quarterback, but everyone just hated him because he was under just a terrible system. Yeah. It's like it's it's just because the quarterback's skilled and it, they're just not in the right system. That's I mean you you see that a lot. You have these five stars that just go places and they just never like Shea Patterson, number one player coming out, goes to Ole Miss before they had Lane Kiffin. Terrible, terrible quarterback. Transfers to Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. Plays very, very okay in a pro style. Now he's in the NFL. It's just – it's a system. It's like most – 98% of quarterback success is based off schematics because without the right plays, you can't do anything, which yeah. is why LSU, I think LSU exposed Alabama because of what they did because uh, – is it Dave O'Brien – uh, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. The he's not a good offense coordinator. It's all he does is run these like deep route concepts, and LSU just blitzed all night against them. And Bryce Young looked very, very average, which he's everything but. But it's just terrible play calls. When's the last time that you've ever known that Alabama team can't run the football? They had seven yards rushing against an LSU team that everyone said had a terrible defense. I can't tell you the last time. Exactly. Honestly. It's just probably in 2011, 
LSU Alabama. That's the last time. I mean, you could even say. I think there was like maybe thirty-seven yards of total offense that game. That game doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. That. Oh God. That. The the, the, long, the longest pass of the game was AJ McCarron to Eric Reed. <laughs> yeah, that is right. That is right. Yeah. Thank you for thank you AJ for that. Um, but yeah, man, that's Tennessee. You guys got something cooking. We we're we're watching it. Um, man. Uh, Georgia, of course, number one team, ten and zero. They're locked for the SEC championship. Number two, Alabama, New Mexico State, fifty nine three. Yeah, Oregon right now is. Uh, they were probably, winning last time I looked. Yeah, right now it is thirty one seconds left in the second quarter. Um, Washington State has it at the Oregon one, so it might be fourteen to fourteen. Number three team in the land, number four, Ohio State. Blows out uh, Purdue today. Blows out the spoil makers. Yeah, the spool makers. Uh, Number five, I don't think uh, number five played today. Um, That was, no, that was Cincinnati. They played yesterday. They beat South Florida. Um, Let's see, who else is another? Who's number six? You know? Uh, Number six, uh, Michigan. Michigan. They beat Penn State. Beat Penn State 21 17. Uh, Of course, I wouldn't really call it an upset, but. Baylor beats Oklahoma. I've been saying this for Bear four, down. four or five weeks now. I on fumbling around the the um, football pick show that I do on Fridays on WLIK. I tell them all the time, you need to get behind Baylor because Baylor is a real good football team. They got Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda's a defensive mind. One of the greatest defensive minds. Now he's a head coach. I love that for him. Go bear down, baby. Sick them bears, whatever you want to call it. I called this this upset just because, you know, Oklahoma, I, I could care less about Oklahoma. Um, but, yeah, man, that that win is big for Dave Aranda and kind of bad for Lincoln Riley. But we'll talk about that a little later. Um, <laughs> what, what he's going to do from there. Um, and then, of course – the um, Texas A&M and Ole Miss game. Ole Miss, number 15 in the country, 29-19, to 19, beats A&M. Um, like I said – It's a great already, day when Jimbo loses. I don't care yeah, who it's to. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, man, we got them in two weeks. So – Can't wait. If, if you are LSU, okay, so Texas A&M beat Alabama. If LSU beats A&M, what does it – what – can you say it's kind of a successful season on the defensive side or, I mean, kind of like, you know – Regardless of the outcome of the, the, rest, the rest of the way through, defensive side of the ball has been a great success. I think because, I mean, LSU's going to – Edo's gone after this. You assume they're still going to start cleaning house. I think all defensive side of the football, you have to keep that. Like that defensive side of the football is going to be dangerous. Yeah, don't you, you touch have, Coach Ray? I swear to God, Coach Ray has to stay. I swear to God, I'll go down to Baton Rouge and I will yeah, fight. Ray has to stay. It's just everyone on the defense, like all the defensive coaching staff for LSU this year, has been really good. Everyone talks about, oh, they gave up 600 yards passing to Mississippi State. Everyone does. 
they throw the football 80 times a game. Everyone does. They don't run the football. Yeah, uh, speaking of Mississippi They scored 40 unanswered against Auburn. Loved it. Yeah. To uh, hell with the entire state of Alabama. Will Will Rogers, get this, no surprise, 44 for 55 55 attempts, 415 yards, six touchdowns. Shocking. Um, And, I mean – but LSU, LSU showed how to LSU showed how to beat Mississippi State. Everyone's like, "Oh, they gave up 600 yards, blah blah blah." LSU played; they played soft zone against them. They kept everything in front. They didn't let big plays happen, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Get down into a condensed field. All they they were, yeah, Mississippi State was scoring field goals. That's it. They were just condensing the field. It's, I mean, that's how you beat Mississippi State. You don't you don't try to out you don't try to win a shootout with them because you don't. You yeah, don't beat, you don't beat the pirate Mike Leach in a shootout with a guy <laughs> that has his uh, little note. Like it's not even a notebook; it's like a little piece of paper. It's like he has a post-it note of the plays he runs on it, and, and it's PA crossers. Yeah, and <laughs> mesh crossers, mesh concepts, mesh. crossers, deep posts. It's just yeah, and I mean, just I I think it's crazy. Of course, Mississippi State. And now I moved to six and four. If you would have told me uh, when LSU beat them that they're, I mean, they're going to win six games this, through uh, what week eleven, I'd been like, nah, I don't believe you there. But I mean, they beat Kentucky. Um, they beat uh, who else did they beat? They almost beat Arkansas last week. Should have beat Arkansas. Um, I don't know. That's actually a great question. I have no clue. Yeah, but but it's. Uh, and ever ever like I'm seeing people on Twitter just blow up over it's like Arkansas is not a bad football team. They were ranked in the top ten at one point this year. Yeah, but it, they're not a bad football team. It's like I said, defensive side of football is great. It's just LSU needs a progressive mind on offense that is going to run the correct plays. It's just I, I it's like I get you want to go up tempo. You know, spread the ball out. There are points in time where you need to run the football. You have to be able to run the football. And it's just LSU can't. They can't. Yeah. But, if you get, if I mean, also the offensive line, too, some beatings. Uh, got some, some guys down, you know, playing like four string guys right now. Yep. Um, I mean, even with, even with that, it's still really hard to run the ball. Um, They can't figure it out, but, I mean, that is what it is. I think defensive side of the ball, I don't think LSU hires a new defensive coordinator. I don't – I think they stick with everyone that they have because this, like I said, this is – if you had told me at the beginning of the year that we were going to have, you know, a top three defense in the SEC, I would have just said you're crazy. There's not – no way after what I watched last year. But exactly, I was wrong. It, especially if you told me we have a top three defense while missing Mason Smith, uh, Sage Ryan, Derek Singley, Eli Ricks, Cordell Fault for half the year, Jay Ward for three weeks. Out of there's no way. I was like, your number one corner is going to be Dwight McLaughlin, and he's going to be a shutdown corner. And if you told that, me, yeah, if you just told me that at the Nichols beginning State. of the year, yeah, not a chance. But. I'm telling you, our defense coordinator. Like I was hop, like I was hop, hopped up on him earlier in the year. Like it was going to be an aggressive four three, which that's exactly what it is. It took a few weeks getting figured out, 
because we had so many injuries. We had new players coming in, but since injuries happened and we've had the same people in, this defense looks completely different. They look dominant on the football. I'm just – I'm ready for the, the coach search. Yeah. All right, we're going to take another break, and we'll get right into Corbin's favorite segment, the new head coach of the LSU Fighting Tigers, and then we'll look ahead to next week and figure out who's going to win what games, and, uh, man, it's it's going to be a good week of football next week. Um, you got Alabama and Arkansas, Oregon, Utah, but uh, first we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Mouths of the South podcast here on Anchor. Welcome back here to the Mouths of the South podcast. Dallas Yunt here with Corbin Sailor. Man, Corbin, it's that time. Um, the top three head coaches that you hope is the coach of the LSU Fighting Tigers. Go ahead and give me your first one. My number one is, without a doubt, it's Joe Brady. It's not close. He's the reason that LSU – he's the sole reason LSU did all that they did in 2019. Not to take anything away from Steve Insminger, but he completely revitalized LSU's offense, made it the best that college football seen. Joe Burrow went from being a seventh-round prospect to the number one pick, had the greatest quarterback season in in college football history, I'd love to see him at one. Does he – The he's an offense coordinator right now, Carolina Panthers. They are struggling very, very bad. They are riddled with injuries. It's rumored that LSU is offering him more money to be the head coach there than he would be as an offense coordinator. Do you think he – I mean, I hope that he leaves the pros to come back to college. I think the, he does. The Maybe. only thing that really, Hopefully. yeah, the only thing that please? really, yeah, please. That one, one thing that really kind of is his soft spot. He doesn't want to go out here and recruit. I mean, but that's honestly, that's that's that you leave that to other coaches. Yeah, honestly, take Coach Ray, and Coach Ray is going to go and recruit the crap out of people. Yeah. I mean, if you race coach, if you look at Coach Ray's notable recruits, he's gotten almost every single big, big. He's the reason Stingley went there. Tyron Matthew, Jamal Adams, uh, DJ Chark, Travis Davis, it's any elite player. He's been the one to go get. So I don't think recruiting would be hard for Joe Brady. And plus, his selling point is like, you come play for me. I have the best off. It's like I had the best offense in twenty. You've seen what I did in twenty nineteen. I mean, yeah. it's it's just like Alabama, It's just like Nick Saban's pitch. You come play at Alabama, you're going to compete for a national championship. His sales pitch is going. You seen what I did in twenty nineteen? We dominated college football, blew everyone out. Come play for us. We're going to do the same thing. Yeah, that would be a good uh, good selling point. Honestly, that would be. If I was a college recruit, I'd hear that, and I'm like, "Yep, we're going there." Um, who's number two? My number two, it's it's a mix-up between, but this one might be just a little, I don't want to say recency bias, but favor towards him. He's been at LSU before, love him to death, is Dave Aranda. 
Uh, I would love to see Dave Aranda back. I think he, I mean, he's everything. Dave Aranda is a nasty physical football coach. He's what you want. His, as you see this year, Baylor is embodying that. They're nasty, physical up front, dominate both sides of the, they dominate both sides of the offensive offensive and defensive line. They play crazy defense. He's always had a good defense. It's and I think I mean he seems like he's not having an issue with offense, finding someone to move the football. So I wouldn't doubt that he could find someone to bring in to help on the offensive side. I don't doubt him for one second that he couldn't find someone to do that. And uh, number three. Number th- I, the odds I, on – current odds on favor. Well, there's there's an entire list of, like, coaching odds. It's like number – this guy's the odds on favorite right now. It's, it's Lincoln Riley, and I think keeping the same defense as everyone on defense, adding Lincoln Riley's – Offensive, offensive magic to it. I think LSU could. I'm not going to say return to 2019, but could compete at that 2019 level with every team, with every national competitor. I think they could. A, a few more notable names that are in that mix. I don't know how, but this is Lane Kiffin is supposedly the second odds-on favorite to take the LSU job. I don't see him leaving with all the magic that he's making down at Ole Miss, but. I mean, who knows? It's if he doesn't get Arch Manning as a recruit, Matt Corral's leaving after this year. You don't know what that quarterback situation is going to be. Could be iffy. James Franklin, another one that's very high up there on Penn State. Penn State seems to be struggling a lot. I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about James Franklin. I like him as a defensive mind coach, but we're honestly look fine defensive side of the ball i really like where we are i don't know if he brings that offensive power i think he would bring us back more of like the cam cameron style offense where we run the football 80 times a game but at this point that might not be bad but luke fickle is also very high up on that list along with my least favorite coach in history jimbo fisher it's nobody nobody knows who lsu is going to get nobody knows how this is going to play out but the three names that I like the most as a fan and as someone that watches football religiously that would be the a great fit would be Joe Brady for the offensive we need offense. And I think he's the he's probably the smartest person on the planet right now as far as uh, route concepts, route structures. Dave Aranda, he was at LSU. He's going to get recruit. He can recruit. He, everyone's going to be behind him. Defense. I would, I would love to see LSU's defense with Dave Aranda there, with how much talent they have already, with the four three, crazy, attacking style that they have right now. Because I think that LSU would just dominate defensive side of the ball. They would look very similar to like a Georgia this year, and I mean he's. He did well with his hire when he went to Baylor with their offensive coordinator, so I don't have any doubt in my mind that he couldn't do it at LSU. And then third, I'd like to see Lincoln Riley for the fact of you leave the defensive side where it is. LSU's fine on defense, but 
everyone knows Lincoln Riley for offense. Oklahoma has been struggling recently with offense for the fact of they just do not have receivers that can make plays right now. They have the two best quarterbacks in the country, but don't have a person on their team that can make a play. It's just, it's sad to watch because I'm, I really like Caleb Williams. I'm not a big Spencer Rattler fan. I really think Caleb Williams is really good. They just had, they had eight drop passes today. You just can't win with that. But I think with the athletes that LSU has, especially with Nuss being a gunslinger, you're returning, you know, Malik neighbors, you're getting Keyshawn Boutte back, you have Trey Palmer, John Trey Kirkle. It's just you have all these players coming back. I think Lincoln Riley with those athletes could do something dangerous. Man, you hit it spot on. Um, normally, I would kind of throw in another name and man, you hit it spot on. Uh, I'm pretty much the same. Um, the Lincoln Riley talks, you know, I've heard about it for a week now and I'm like, I'm kind of behind it. Um, the only thing is, is his record in the playoff, the college football playoff. Um, that's kind of what is making me like, yeah, I don't know about it. Um, he's what, 0 and 2, 0 and 3, yeah. something like that in the college football playoff. And I mean, we, <laughs> LSU did hand, hand them their own ass, pardon my language, um, in the uh, semifinal game. Um, but I, I mean, you hit it spot on, man. Another there's name, a, Bill, that, Billy Napier. That, but, okay, that, I was going to say, there's another yeah. name I want to throw in there was Billy Napier. Uh, he's currently uh, at Louisiana. Coaching, I probably the best team in Louisiana right now. Um, I think, I mean, him being a Louisiana guy, I mean, he he he's like a quote unquote. He's what you would call a perfect fit. Like he's the right man for the job. It, he has the right credentials. He yeah. has the Louisiana recruiting line. Like he knows all there is to it. I mean, and Luke Fickle, I, I would like to see him there too. But it's just. I don't I mean we've Cincinnati's been good every year. So I'm fine with I'm fine with there's five names that I'm fine with. Like I, yeah. if you told me to if L, if you gave me a list of LSU comes out there's like you know what these if Lane I'll say six cuz Lane Kiffin I don't think he leaves but Lane Kiffin I'd be fine with Billy yeah. Napier be fine with Dave Aranda be fine with Luke Fickle be fine with Joe Brady I'd be fine with I mean honestly Mel Tucker from Michigan State I mean there's rumors about him but I wouldn't mind Mel Tucker I mean it's just I you want someone that has LSU needs someone that is going to bring something special to the offensive side of the football and I just don't think Jimbo Fisher's that guy. I don't, or I, I honestly don't think James Franklin's that guy either. Yeah, uh, man, I can't, I can't disagree. I, I was sitting here listening to all those points. And I'm like, yeah, I freaking agree on everything. Um, spot on, <laughs> spot on on all of that. Um, I just, whoever it is, please, you know, hey, another good stat is. If you are a co a new coach at LSU, there's national championship in a few years. So, um, I mean, all, all you have to do is just wait till the national championships hosted in uh, New Orleans, and you just automatically have a great year and make it there. So, 
statistically speaking, if the national championships in New Orleans, LSU is going to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you better better pull them belts tight, hold on, because you're getting a national championship either way. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, coaching search still continues. We'll hope that Scott Woodward makes the best decision. Uh, so next week, I said there's going to be some great games. Uh, it's week 12. Uh, they play some teams play cupcakes. Um, not saying saying that you know every team is a cupcake, but Arkansas heads to Alabama. Uh, that's going to be a good game. Um, let's see if Arkansas can pull an upset. Um, Michigan State, Ohio State. Those games are really fun to watch. They're both nine and one, both top ten in the uh, in the country. Uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech always plays teams in the top ten. Really tough. Uh, they play Notre Dame, uh, Michigan, and Maryland. Uh, that's a game you might need to watch. Um, Baylor and Kansas State. Um, I mean, South Carolina, Auburn. South Carolina beat um, Florida, Florida by forty, and then yeah. Auburn. Uh, Auburn lets up forty unanswered to Mississippi State. So who know, who knows what happens that game? Yeah. Also, by the way, we're going back to Florida. For, what the hell happened with Florida today, dude? It's I tell you, their defense is awful. They have the worst defensive coordinator slash defensive minds in the football. Like it's it's disgusting to watch. Dan Mullen, he may be a quarterback genius, but good lord, he can't figure out a defense. That was when he was at Mississippi. That was their downfall. They had, I mean, they had Dak Prescott. It's just dominated offense side of football. Defense aside, they're giving up 30, 40 points. Like, you, they just can't figure out a defense. And, and what was the final score? 50 or 70 to 52, yeah. 70 to 59. It's, yeah, it's like some yes. basketball score. It's something yes. crazy. Literally, literally, I had a guy I said, and I have Florida just scored, made it 63 something. And he's like, is that basketball? I said, Dude, no, it's it's football. He's like, what? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's it's football, buddy. And now, I mean, Florida's lost uh, what four straight now? Yeah, so yeah. That makes, or no, they've they've lost three straight. They've won they won tonight, um, and then they played Missouri, which uh, Missouri's five and five also. So we might Missouri's see no no, uh, they're not shy to upset anyone. Yeah, but update on that. Uh, Oregon Washington State game tied at half. Yeah, fourteen fourteen. Uh, that's going to be a good game there. Uh, shaping up to be a good game. Is it? Do you do you see any way Cincinnati gets into the top four? Man, I I, I don't. I don't either. Just schedule, strength of schedule. They probably they'll probably lean on that. Um, but it's like the only way that they have a chance of getting in is if somehow, some way. I, I mean, here's the issue, though. If Michigan State beats Ohio State, does Michigan State just jump Cincinnati into that four spot? I, I would say so. Or does – or say Michigan comes in and knocks off Ohio State. Say Ohio State loses one of those two games. Do they just jump Cincinnati? Or does it take – do they just have to cross their fingers and hope that maybe – Washington State pulls off an upset. Maybe Utah, a top a top twenty five Utah team, yeah, beats Oregon when they come into town. Because other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. 
I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see a way in. Since I, I mean, with where they rank, I don't see a way in because Cincinnati they don't play another ranked team all year. They scheduled they, their their non conference games. They scheduled good teams. SMU and East Carolina. Yeah, their, their final two. Uh, SMU can sneak up there and, and get one, but um, their only really good win, I would say, is was at, with, at Notre Dame. Yeah, when they it was at Notre Dame. So, which Notre Dame at the time was a top five team. So I don't, I don't know how you fault Cincinnati for winning. Like I don't, I don't know how you justify that. This, well, they don't play anyone. It's not their fault that their conference is not good. Yeah. Their non-conference games, they scheduled good teams to play. It's not like they scheduled these cupcakes. They scheduled an Indiana team who started the year in the top 25, they scheduled, they went to Notre Dame and won. So I don't, I don't understand how. And then they, uh, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me on how they continuously, they dock these smaller schools. They're like, well, their division's not that good. Okay. But when they schedule power five teams, they go, they play on the road against power five teams and beat them. How do you 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 still take that away from them? I don't know, man. We're just gonna have to see because the college football playoff. Uh, I mean, they it's we wanted it way back then. Now we're just like, man, is it gonna be the same four teams? Is it gonna be the same two teams? Like that committee there. I don't know. I don't know what the there needs to be a new committee. Yeah, new committee. Well, Corbin, man, uh, we're going to take another break and then uh, we're going to sign off and hopefully talk some more football next weekend. All right, guys, uh, that wraps it up for the second episode of Mouths of the South podcast. Uh, Honestly, me and Corbin, I was dying to talk some football um, tonight. You know, LSU, of course, lost 13. Uh, Georgia beat Tennessee uh, 41 to 17. Um, you know, Tennessee got to tip the cap. They scored more than 13 points on Georgia. So that's, they're the first team to do that this season. Um, so just all in all Tennessee fans, you got something special brewing up in Knoxville. Keep your eye on that. Um, I'd hate to say it, but G E A U X balls, uh, for the rest of the season. Um, you know what? I'll even throw out a G E A U X cats. You know, I hope to God they went out, go to a very good uh, bowl game. They beat Bandy um, pretty pretty handedly tonight, mm. uh, thirty one to or thirty four to seventeen, I think was the score. Um, but you know, just all those teams, I hope hope do well. Alabama, I hope they lose. Uh, Ohio State, I hope they lose. I hope Georgia loses. Why not? You know, somehow, some way, sneaks in the top twenty five. Makes it to the college football playoff because they feel bad for us and we win another natty. I hope that happens. Screw Jimbo. No, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm getting I'm I'm ranting. No, I, I genuinely now. mean that one. Jesus. Yeah, I genuinely mean that one. But we're going to beat A and M. Probably not. Corbin, man, what 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 are you thinking? I'm I'm getting fired um, up. Hopefully, LSU wins out. Hopefully they beat. Hopefully next week they beat. UL Monroe, which they should, and then you have Texas A&M at home. You win that game, you're bowl eligible as LSU. Yeah, so just two more wins, get a bowl. 
Um, I think Kentucky, they may need another another win to get into a bowl. Tennessee, they got to win two more. Uh, I mean, they play South Alabama and then Vandy, which that should be their two wins. Kentucky's get already, in. Kentucky's yeah, already so. bowl eligible. Tennessee needs one more win. And they have South Alabama and Vanderbilt. Vandy. So yeah. I would – Say what you want to about Tennessee. They're five and five. I would, without a doubt, think they win these last two, finish seven and five, get a pretty decent bowl game. Hopefully, I would say, hopefully, like meet up on a Texas team, but if yeah, Texas isn't doing nothing. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, that does it for the second episode of the Mouths of the South podcast. I'm Dallas Yunt. For Corbin Sailor, and we'll try to have some more people on here. Signing off, and we'll uh, we'll try to talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. All of the audio credit is to ESPN, the LSU Texas A&M 2019 game, and the 2016 Hail Mary from Tennessee against Georgia on the Vol Network.